1: back to a Celtic state of mind. I'm Paul John Dykes and I'm delighted to be joined in the studio for the first time by Jerry Taylor. What do you make of it, Jerry? I've been promoted to the broom cupboard. It's a broom cupboard uh, and you're as peely-wally as I am in the broom cupboard, but it is definitely uh, a grey vibe in the broom cupboard, isn't
0: it? There is, there is. Maybe for the lighting, but not uh, not how I'm feeling. I'm definitely no feeling grey, mate, that's for Whoa. sure.
1: No, no. And why would you after that weekend? Um, I'm just back from Glasgow. We went for our wander around paradise this morning with, once again, Stevie Mullen, old school Axom contributor. And after last week's, loads of people got in touch saying, bring Stevie back. There's a bit of an online campaign for Stevie Mullen to be brought back to Axom. And we do listen to your feedback. So we did round two today down at The Rock, and uh, that will be available at some point tonight. Now, a couple of announcements to make, and uh, I'll be putting them on the socials as well. First things first, we did a wee test down at James McGrory Park, and we will be live streaming the game on the Axon channels, YouTube, Facebook, Twitch, Twitter, wherever, LinkedIn, wherever you watch your uh, daily dose of Axon you will be able to watch the live stream. It's going to be St Rocks select versus Celtic select, and it's going to go out live free, free of charge. Uh, We might be able to tie that in with some kind of fundraiser. If you want to chuck a couple of pounds into a good cause, we will make that available on the day. Jerry and I have a lot to talk about. We're going to be talking about another big win for Celtic, another win that I think galvanises the relationship between Brendan and not only his team, but the fan base as well. And then, Jerry, the aftermath. So we're gonna to have to talk about it. We don't like talking about other teams here in the Celtic state of
0: mind, but we're gonna to have to. It's big news. We've got to. We've got to. It's um a great great weekend, mate. Uh, I was actually away working for you at St. Rox uh, for Axum doing about a bit of promo on the day the match was on St. Rocks. basically kicked off and there was about fifteen minutes left of the game, right? So we ran in watching the game in the St Rocks um with this set what would you call it when I mean, you drink your coffees and all that anyway but we're in there the clubhouse the clubhouse sorry yes. guys.
1: or the pavilion
0: so, yeah. the pavilion so I'm up there with wee Wido Lisa McLean and um, the guys at St Rocks were brilliant so we're watching the game and i are like right they're about to kick off out there so we should probably go out and watch their game we've been invited but then most of them didn't go out either so we thought right we'll just, we'll just keep watching and then we were one nothing up and then all of a sudden boom the, the telly froze and we're like oh, so we've all Piled out to watch. So what you're TV. saying
1: is my live stream's not going to work. <laughs> 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 Cheers for that. I was
0: buzzing about the live stream there. To be fair, I think they were using somebody's phone. <laughs> right, that, right. connection at that point. So we went out, and then Wido, he's like, oh, he's got it on his phone, so he's just went, oh no. I'm like you're kidding me on? Is it? Is it a one each? And he's like, aye. So we've kind of run back in to see if we can see it. No. Telly's cut again, we went back out and he's like, it's 2-1, it's 2-1. So we're trying to keep the noise down so we don't tell anyone else to score. While there's another game on with St Rocks, it was absolute madness, but excitement, eh?
1: What a
0: game that would have been to be at. I wish I was there.
1: Well, plenty of the Axon crowd were at the game. Uh, Obviously, we talk about all the way leading up to the, right up to the the actual whistle Um, and then in the aftermath as well. And we focus entirely on Celtic because it was early kickoff as well. So we didn't have, you know, one eye on another game or any of this kind of stuff. And then afterwards we all know what happened and we're going to talk about it. But going into that game, we had, we had spoken Jerry about this relationship between Brendan and the fan base. Now, you kind of live and die by what you say about your opinion on a manager coming back and a manager leaving, a player you think is good, bad or indifferent um, but when Brendan came back I, I just looked at the situation and I thought we know what he can do, there is a potential to suggest that he's got even better since he's left um, when he's gone to Leicester, he's won a trophy, he's got really good league placings in his first two full seasons uh, done well in Europe he's come back, we know what we're getting but the flip side of that, Jerry, is, and I've said this a few times, Celtic are an emotional football club, and I remember someone telling me that Celtic are an emotional club, whereby you know if someone does the dirty on you, you take it personally, um, and and we did, and we absolutely did, and um, I think there was a lot of people, Jerry, when he came in that he still had to win over.
0: Aye, there may still be a couple now, just out of absolute stubbornness, but yeah, it was. Um, I think at the time there was a lot of us on here that said, "What other better option could we have had?" And I didn't think we'd have gotten back. I did not think he would have came back. But yeah, I think slowly but surely he's starting to build. If he's not built them already, the bridges with just a couple of stragglers still to come across. But he's he's, he's doing all the right things. What I will say, you know me, I like I get very excited over things. And at the end of that game, I was buzzing. However, I also remember how frustrated I was at the gate mm-hmm. during the game as well. Um, but a sign of champions. Before anyone shoots me down here, I am not taking anything away from what happened. It was phenomenal. This is why we're football fans, all right. If it, that the, the drama at the end of that game sometimes does beat uh, when you're five 0 up in a game, all right. That was unreal. Everyone's talking about it, but there was. Certain moments, it's like we're, we're, we're struggling to break teams down. However, we did do it, and we did it twice. At a moment in the game, we were, I didn't think... Remember a few weeks ago, mate, we were talking, I think it was St. Johnson-Comarment game. Both of those games were that. We could have kept playing and all didn't night. think we were going to score all night. Yep. Mm-hmm. It was totally different with this game. It was and too it pedestrian. To those course.
1: games were too pedestrian. And I think... Um, I'm, I'm going to defend the team. I'm going to defend Brendan in that respect. Obviously, we bounced out a cup, which is never nice as a result of one of those games. But I think there's a transition period where certain players are adapting from Ange to Brendan. And you're looking at a guy like Katati and you think, why should he adapt? He's so good. Why should he adapt? Well, because Brendan's a gaffer. So he can't play the way that he was playing when Ange was... The manager of the football club, he now has to play the way Brendan wants him to play, and I think he struggled. And in a, in amongst that, he had the injury, so I think that's happened to a few players. I think Greg Taylor is the same, yeah. although I think there has been a compromise of sorts with Brendan moving him more of a, an inverted role. Um, so he's kind of struggled, but he's adapting. Um, and you know that transition period resulted, let's say, in a draw and a loss to Kelly. But what's followed that? I think has been building and building and building, not only momentum, but this relationship between the fans and Brendan. Let us know what you think in the comments. Were you sold on Brendan when he came back to the club? Were you doubtful that it was going to work out? Um, have you been bought over? Let us know in the comments section what your thoughts are on Brendan Rodgers, because I think if you look at the run of games, we go to Ibrox, Jerry, Central defensive partnership, um, almost untested. It certainly cobbled together because you've got Liam Scales who I'm going to put it out there was Liam Scales above anybody in the central defensive perking order at the beginning of this season was he above anybody probably not no. probably not it was probably even below Kobayashi because he was leaving the club we thought he might have gone to Aberdeen he had had for me a very beneficial loan spell last season at Pataudry and you look at some of the, the players that do that and they either come back and they're a star for you or they go and they make a career elsewhere. I felt it was going to be the latter for Scales. So was there a the centre-half below him in the pecking order? I think that's a, a debate you could have. And look at him now. He went into that Ibrox challenge alongside Lager Bjelk, who had come in as a, as a young Swede who, in, in terms of that level of football, was quite inexperienced, probably not expected to go right into the team. And we got the win, it was a battling performance. That was the beginning for me, Jerry, of the repairing of the damage, the reparation of the damage, if you like.
0: Yeah, definitely. And the thing is, mate, he's like he's turned out to be one of our best centre backs we've got. Mm-hmm. And he's a left back. He's it's not even his position. It's been great. It was great seeing him, I think it was yesterday, come out and said how it's been tough for him for the past couple of years and how he's really enjoying it. And um I, it's, it's great to see. Great to see. It's uh, going to be an interesting one with CCV coming back just to see what happens at the back there. But uh, he's not put a foot wrong, really. has a couple of wee mistakes that he's rectified, but you wouldn't hold them against him. Well, this is the thing because
1: I reckon there's certain players on a bit of a short leash. I think Brendan has been on a short leash with many, many fans because if you make a mistake, we're going to focus on it, we're going to highlight it and we're going to talk about it um, until you rectify it. So scales for me, the game where I, I, I felt he was at his most fragile was against St. Johnston. Made a couple of errors, like you say. Joe Hart got him out of jail. But since then, building up, building up. And I think it's layers. So you get the win at Ibrox. I'm not going to say against all, all odds, but you know certain parts of that game were, were kind of stacked against us. We get the win. You play in the Champions League and you lose two men, but we don't capitulate. That That's the positive you can take from that. We then play a game um, against Livingston. We lose another another man, this time it's your goalie. uh, but we're, we're able to, to come through a tricky tie away at the Tony Macaroni. And then you come up um, against a Motherwell side who are bang on form. People might say they lost their last two games, but bang on form in terms of what they're achieving under Kettlewell. And it looked unlikely until Palmer scored, and then it looked even less likely when Spittle got the equaliser. But then you're starting to dig into the mentality the personality, the character of this side, and to get that win, it gives everybody a boost. Jerry, I say everybody. There's certain people in the same city who didn't get a boost. They got no. boosted out the building. But <laughs> you know, I'm just seeing this relationship with Brendan. I think it's key. I think that and I want to see what the comments are in the the comments field there. Is it changing your mind about Brendan? I don't think it's as it entertaining. Jerry as Ange Postacoglu, but I can't remember a, as good a better moment. Uh, yeah, there's been as good moments. I can't remember a better moment
0: than when Matt O'Reilly scored so so late in the day. I know. Do you know what? As a Brendan Rodgers thing as well, but like you were saying as well yesterday, I think, or Saturday, this wasn't just an Ange thing, it would never stop. It's a Celtic thing when you look at Tom Rogic for the the treble, the invincible treble against Aberdeen. Dying minutes, that kind of thing as well. Do you know what? I want to go back, sorry, because I was thinking something. See, with scales, do you know what I think made him as well? See the fire nerd game, mate. It just seemed like every two seconds, just get back to scales. Game at one point, I was like, leave the boy alone, will you? Game a wee break, because that was just the button. And he did great. It was always going back to him. And I think that was part of the making of him as well. I think he even mentioned that, that he felt like he can he can play with these big boys now, you know. Going back to my bike analogy, you know, it's like, can I, can I race with these big boys? But uh, aye, it's, it's great to see, great to see. Well, there was a very good quote that
1: I read this morning with scales. And on the one hand, he, he pinpoints the finer game because he was talking about the fact he had not played at that level. So on a personal level, it was a big challenge. Um, and I think he proved to himself as well as proving to other uh, naysayers that he can play. At that standard of football and at that level and then the interesting part of the quote for me was at the very end he says there is always room for improvement so I like that I like that because the minute you start thinking you're untouchable because you've had a few successes down the line that's dangerous. That's where you become complacent. That's where you start to believe your own hype. That's when you make a mistake and they'll be out with the arrows and you'll be getting fired at immediately. And that's what happens at a club like Celtic. Let me know your thoughts. Yes, it's a positive Monday afternoon. Jerry has joined the mothership. It's the Axon boys and full effect. I'm sitting right to your left. You can, you can see me through what? the
0: window. It's not all about. I keep going somebody. I can hear somebody talking about it. It's you.
1: <laughs> it is me. Although. The Oracle is in the room, he will be coming back on Friday, he is in the room, Jim Moore. He refused um, to
0: come on because obviously he did it once every two weeks and he's not going to move away for that. I think it's because of Armoni doesn't want to, he? uh, he's hiding it the
1: way there. Doesn't for it for <laughs> you. Um, talking it. about being in the room, Stephen Sloan is in the room. If you want to comment on the live stream on YouTube, then all you need to do is subscribe to the channel, which is a free Uh, channel, obviously, on YouTube. You don't have to pay anything on there and you can get your live streams every single day. Axom is also committed to creating fully produced content on a Monday. We do a wander around paradise. We've got a big, big interview this week that will be coming out. Probably the biggest name I've ever interviewed. I've got to say that as well, Jerry. So that'll be out this week as well. And there's a few other things like something that was devised by our very own Jerry Taylor, and we'll come back to it, called the Axom Challenge. Now, Stephen Sloan says, McGregor, Hatate, Kyogo, Meda, O'Reilly, Abada, Johnson, Carter, Vickers, all on long-term contracts. That's eight first starters. Do we need to buy three quality experienced players to make the start 11 unbeatable? I think it's a good point because it takes us back to the summer recruitment, Jerry. And I've always been of the view that if someone presents himself, who's a young up and coming player that you can develop. And naturally what will happen is they will be sold for a massive profit. Then you can't, deny that opportunity, and Matt O'Reilly is a classic example of that, we were not in the hunt for a player in that position that situation um, actually presented itself to Ange and we went for it, and we took the player on and it's been an incredible success but going into that period there that, that transfer window there particularly with Brendan Rodgers coming in this is exactly what I wanted I wanted three starters I wanted to spend that money that was spent but not on nine or ten players I wanted the three, unless an absolute gem was to present themselves to us, and we might have a gem actually within those nine. I think Home has shown signs. Yang, who wasn't great at the weekend, has shown signs. There might be a gem in there. Palmer looked all right at the weekend, but we want to buy three players who will become. And by the way, on that note, are there three from that clutch who might become the unbeatable eleven? Is Palmer one of them? Uh, we've seen a, a flash of brilliance from him at the weekend. I take what Stephen says, though, but it will lead us on to this conversation, Jerry. Prior to the game, we were already feeling really positive due to the announcement that both Hatati and O'Reilly had signed on their immediate futures to Celtic. How important is that to the football club? Because it's not; a cliche, it is a cliche, but it's a cliche for a reason. It is as important as buying a player.
0: Definitely. I don't remember a season where we've tied down so many top players on such big contracts all around about the same time. The security is great. I'm, I'm loving that. And it, it's the security of that we've got them. And if we are going to lose them, then we're probably going to get a lot more money than if they're on the smaller contracts. But it looks like we're, we're really building something for the future. Brendan's, he took a little bit more time to convince Hitati by the looks of things. Um, but to have these players at our disposal, knowing that we've got them for four five years it excites me for the future and I honestly can't remember when I've had so many important ones all tied down at the same time Hitati I didn't think was going to happen I was on record saying it all the time it's not going to happen I'm glad I'm wrong hopefully that will give him that spark that he needs to get him um, back up to the form that we all know him for aye great business mate great business and to, to sign your contract right and then to get the winning goal in that manner unreal I know. I, you can do no wrong at the moment. I mean, I already professed my undying
1: uh, love for Matt O'Reilly over the weekend. It was a very good i but I love
0: that.
1: Very, I hadn't noticed how, uh, you know, the reaction of Kevin McCluskey at the time. But yes, uh, Lloyd Jepsen, <laughs> talking of uh, the Axel team in the room. We've got Lloyd here. Hope everyone had a lovely weekend. I wonder what you could mean by that, Lloyd. Always great to see you. Jungle Lion. This is dedication. Juggle Lion goes on holiday, still tunes in. Love it. Great to hear from you. Uh, and Paddy. I just pictured uh,
0: him going down the water slides there.
1: Yes, I know. Eh? Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Aye. Uh, well done, Jerry, with the Axon Challenge. Really enjoyed it. I kind of just like swept over that because there's loads to cover today. But, uh, Jerry, you came up with a challenge. Yeah, Obviously, you've been getting stuck right into the St. Rocks. Versus Celtic rivalry. There's a great connection between the two clubs. You know that just by looking at the name of the the, the park up there, James McGrory Park. As you walk in to the the committee room, there is a beautiful mural on the right-hand side and there's a picture of the Scottish Cup winning team and in the front row, a 16-year-old James Edward McGrory playing for The Rock. We obviously signed them for Celtic. We signed them at Cathkin Park for Celtic. He went on to become the greatest British goal scorer of all time. Or let's rephrase that, the greatest goal scorer in British football history. Yeah, I'm not going to call him a British footballer. <laughs> right, he was a Scottish footballer. And by the way, he should have got more caps for Scotland. But the guy was incredible. There was a world record 10 grand fee bid by Arsenal to sign him from Celtic. He said no. Um, he stayed at Celtic for the, the entirety of his senior career other than a brief spell on loan at Clyde um, so and he scored against Celtic when he played there so we brought him back very quickly and he scored for fun for the rest of his career going on to become the manager signing all but two of the Lisbon Lions for Celtic who obviously were then coached by Jockstein to win the cup with the big ears yes yeah, so we're down there uh, great connections to the club there's other connections as well um, but Jimmy McGrory being the main one and we've now got a connection with Jerry Taylor because he was up. What was the challenge for anybody who hasn't seen it? Give us, come on, give us your spiel. Get right. them to get oh. on the channel and watch the challenge,
0: right? Okay, so if you go on to YouTube, eh, we've been up there having a lot of fun with them. If you've seen it, they've been giving me absolute dogs. Helpers. Oh, mm-hmm. dogs up your son Twitter, and I've opened myself up for it, and quite rightly so. But obviously, I'll come on in the last ten minutes of the game, get man of the match, and shove it right back down their throats. But when we, when we got there for the day, there, there was—I just want to say a massive thank you to Andy, the secretary of the club, who's done all the video edits for me. and It takes some hours. He goes away with this footage. at so basically, I go up there and just say, point a camera, and I had Wee Wido and Lisa McLean for Twitter, big Twitter followings, and we were doing a challenge, them against me. I was representing Axum. They were representing St. Rocks. So, uh, Paul John, you set us some challenges, which was a—I'll not give too much away. It was a keepy-uppy challenge. Raging at that, by the way, mate, because I'm a keeper. I I'm
1: raging. In. I'm raging that none of you has got any double figures. I'm sorry, I've let the cat out of the bag. But come on, you could yeah, give I me a golf ball. Bo- you could give me a golf ball or, or a I, bouncy ball, and I would beat
0: you. I only used one foot at all. <laughs> so. I noticed that. I noticed that. So we had had a keepy-uppy challenge, a hardest shot challenge and the crossbar challenge, which Mm. I don't know what it was worth. In my defence, I didn't have boots for the second part of the challenge because we wido and Lisa took them off me um, because I was the only one that had boots on they were slipping all over the place. But we went for a challenge and and basically I I won't ruin who wins, but the loser had to get a tattoo of the opposing team name. So if I lose, I've got to get a St. Rocks tattoo. And if they lose, they're going to get an Axum tattoo. So if you go and look at the video on YouTube and you'll see the final result of who has to get the tattoo. And it was just a bit of fun to... We don't need to promote the game because it's sold out, but any promotion for St. Rocks themselves, because they are a fantastic club. If you can get a chance to go and visit and watch a game, go and do it. It's like a great family atmosphere. I was getting pelters, but in a, in, a, in, a, in a good way. All the fans were great, really welcoming. Go and check them out if you can.
1: Community club, that's what it's all about and they do some great community work and obviously the community has responded when the centenary game was announced and obviously it did sell out and it sold out very quickly within 48 hours. All 800 tickets have gone, I've had a lot of people getting in touch saying is there any way we can get in Um, and, and, and I'm not just saying this, the only way at the moment that you can get into that game is by sponsoring a player. So if you are interested, if you've got some kind of platform or if you have a business and you want to sponsor a player and there is a whole package around that, you get the match-worn jersey signed by the player, you get your advert up on the, the scroll bar on the, of the live stream, you will appear in the programme. There's a whole package. You get into the hospitality suite, which leads us on to the next announcement because I said there was two announcements. All right. um, the hospitality suites uh, is the same clubhouse that you were talking about, right? And in there, you will be met by a former Celt who can't play because of uh, the recovery of an injury. He can't play, but he will be in there. And he says to me, "He loves mingling." And the player in question is none other than Frank Maca Macaveni. So, no danger, no danger. hospitality, is yes. I've yes. not even
0: told you that. Brilliant. No. Um, no, because so, you know I'm a gossip. That's why you never tell me not to. <laughs> Tell you, tell you not.
1: Uh, so Maka will be in there and he will be basically there hosting you um, pre-match, halftime, full time. Um, right, you can Mark go on, and he's coming to the game. <laughs> y- your sandwich and, and your wee brew and all the rest of it. Brilliant. So if you are interested and you want to get behind the rock, um, you can sponsor the player. There's still a few players available. And by the way, there's still a few players to be announced. So I've got a few under my hat for that one as well that's the second big announcement of the day it's getting live streamed and if you're a sponsor you can mingle
0: with maca can i, I just mate? say something before you carry on mate um, it. It. when i was up at the game i want to say there was so many people Mate, wanted you did well that is it's pulled on here i was like no no he's going to be there for the game loads of folk but there was a guy stevie i was watching the game big massive cigar i'm sure it was stevie if i've got that wrong i'm sorry mate he wanted to say he's a massive fan of the show and oh, he yeah. loves, so he came up and he went, just say, I really love that Liam guy and uh, John Paul. I was expecting him to say he liked me too and he went, so can you pass that on? I went, aye, aye, no worries, I'll, <laughs> I'll tell them that you like them, mate. <laughs> but the buzz round, the place, was so loads of people, big fans at Axum. so what you do on the show, it's fantastic, guys, and it's getting a big reach.
1: No, it's great. And, you know, whenever uh, I speak to anybody who says that they watch it, I, I love it because when we set it up on the visuals, you get the usual um, worries about whether or not people will realise you're wearing a Matalan jacket uh, <laughs> and you're still wearing your 2001 hair, doing all that. But once you get over all that and get called Gash bit Leanne Dempst and everything, then people know who you are. So you're not just a voice or a (laughs) podcast. Yeah, that's my favourite. And when people come up and actually say, it, I'm not lying, it makes a world of difference. We had it last Monday. It set me up for the week. Somebody coming up and saying that they love listening to Axon. Mm-hmm. So thanks, everybody, for your support, because obviously you guys are what makes us. I mean, 1100 on a, a Monday afternoon, tuning in to Axon to talk all things Celtic. There's loads more to talk about uh, in relation to the Motherwell game, the upcoming Lazio game, and what's happened across the road or across the city. David Boyle, this is now the time. This is kind of goes on from Stephen Sloan's comment to get a proper succession plan in place. And Baldur's a year-on-year European team. I, th- I find it interesting that uh, Brendan Rodgers has obviously looked at the squad. He's spoken to Michael Nicholson. He mentioned it because he said about Matt O'Reilly that you know he's told Michael Nicholson what he wants and it's down to him to then deal with the player. And he's gone out and he's got it. I find it interesting that some of these guys were in discussions with the club under Ange and they didn't sign. They've been in discussions uh, with the club under Brendan and they have signed. I think Brendan's outlook... Isn't certainly one of short termism. And I'm not saying Ange was, but obviously in the back of Angie's mind, if if a move came up he was going for it, people are probably shouting at their screens. This is Brendan Rogers, he'll do the same. I think there's there's a difference in Brendan since he came back. I think there's a different focus. Will he be here for longer than three years? I wouldn't put my I wouldn't put my money on that. But I think that he's definitely got a focus that when he leaves, you know, there's gonna be a wavy players perhaps by that stage joining Jota and Starfelt elsewhere. But we'll be in a good position, Jerry. We'll be in a position where the hardcore of the group's there. Some of the guys that we've maybe signed in this, this pre season window will have come to the fore. And then it is a succession plan so that, you know, we don't wait to the last minute to replace Joe Hart. We don't wait to the last minute to bring in a, a left back, you know, and then in the meantime, play someone who maybe isn't up to scratch. Um, I want to talk about the goalkeeper position in actual fact because leading into the game, I've got to admit it was a bit of a concern of mine and I was even trying to convince anybody who would listen that we should play Segrist. Bain gets the the nod. Bain makes two brilliant saves. All credit to Scott Bain because, Jerry, you're a goalie, right? He made one appearance last season and he has played 60 minutes of competitive football this season. He goes into that game against Motherwell and without those two saves, completely different outcome.
0: Aye. He's... Everyone knows he's not our first or second choice, but what he did to come in under that pressure. Now, nobody's going to tell me that he's not been on Twitter seen all the comments about him. Because every time, it's like, every time you see a negative, especially as a player, you hold on to that. But carrying on, you become heavier and heavier. To do what he did, to go on, to blank all that out and just play your game. As a goalkeeper, I don't know if it's just me, but the anxiety you get sometimes, like even just the most tame shot coming in, because you know, you make that mistake. It's a goal. You don't have one of your pals behind you to save you, to get you out of these mistakes. If you make one when you're a striker, midfielder, defender, there's nobody behind you. All the pressure's on you, especially playing behind a central defensive partnership that isn't your, your, your first picks. Yeah. But I think what he did everything that he needed to do. There were some people who said that he get muscled off the ball. I don't think he did for that time. I think he was fouled. As soon as you go up as a goalkeeper, you're in the air. Your feet aren't planted in the ground. The slightest touch is going to move you. And this is what people don't understand about goalkeepers. Obviously, I'm the union. so. But when you're up, doesn't your feet aren't planted so you can keep yourself steady. The, the slightest touch, you get a proper nudge and his body goes that way and he lets go of the ball. That was a free kick. So I don't think he did make any mistakes. Has he got mistakes in him? Yes. He needs that time. I'm not saying he's going to be the first-choice goalkeeper. I just feel sorry for him. He can't get that run of games. I hadn't played in about... I'm not comparing myself to a professional goalkeeper here. I hadn't played in over a year, mate. And see, when I went to St Rocks for training, the simplest of balls is going to take me a good couple of days, at least to practice practice, just to get to the easier ones. So I feel for goalkeepers. I know they're training every day, so they won't have that problem. But rust, nerves, we don't help. We don't help sometimes with our players. We pile those nerves on them by the negativity, which we've got every right to say. They've got every right to listen to But it's just, we've, we've got to be careful sometimes, I think, getting on the backs of our players. I've been bad for it.
1: Right. A couple of things you've said there, and, and you're spot on, right? So every single day, we talk for at least an hour about Celtic. There's been days where something's happened and we'll come back on for what people call an emergency broadcast. But <laughs> <laughs> it is a bulletin after all. So yeah, it's a news bulletin. Um, but there's a train of thought where, and a lot of people have said this to me that I've met, you never criticise Celtic. You never criticise a Celtic player. You never criticise a Celtic manager. Never do it in public. If you're watching a game and someone doesn't have a bad, doesn't have a good game, you you are going to comment on it, Jerry. And it's nothing personal. It's just your analysis of that game. And it for me, it's the same analysis as saying that someone did have a good game. So this week I'm going to be praising Greg Taylor because I thought he was fabulous at the weekend. He played a delicious ball into Matt O'Reilly. <laughs> it was delicious delicious
0: <laughs> was delicious. I loved that.
1: <laughs> but <laughs> if if he's not playing well, if he's rotten, you look at it and you say that right, he's not had play, played a good game. Why? And you try to figure out what is the reasons. Is it the change in manager, changing style, changing tempo, position, very fullback, traditional fullback? So you talk about it. But it's never, ever personal. And what I've learned, and obviously no names, but what I've learned since coming on to Axon and being critical of figures within Celtic is that they do find out, because they've been pulled up for it, they do find out, either directly or indirectly, they will be told that you've said something. And some people might be... That way inclined to actually pull you up for it. So yes, I don't think it's going to change the way that I approach, and, and I use yeah. the word analysis loosely because I'm not an analyst. Uh, but my view on the are game, we... Jerry,
0: you've got to you've got I, to be honest. Definitely, I think I'm I'm just talking more about see the trolls on Twitter that are actually really mm. toxic about our players sometimes, like. He's shite. Oh, sorry for swearing. He's get him out of our club. He's never a goalkeeper. He shouldn't. Have, it's that kind of stuff that can weigh heavy on them. What we do on here, obviously, we're, we're, we're critical. We're allowed to be. But we're, we're, we're analysing. We're giving our opinions. But as a player, get, like, see as an actor, see if we're doing a show and somebody writes something about our show. We're in that dressing room all talking oh, about I it. Look at, Look at that. Look at that. Of course, they all have fake profiles, funny fake profiles. They'll probably even run it by the manager. Look, it's all right if we just see. I mean, we won't post in. Look at the picture. Remember, that the, the in fact, the gifts getting being used just now, where it's Brendan Rodgers with the old team and they're all looking at the phone laughing in the <laughs> trading <laughs> ground, right? You know that they're showing them something, right, about what's been said about them. They will use that. Sometimes they probably use it to their advantage, like water off a duck's battle look, but this is the same way they're saying. But also, the, the when seeing all that negative stuff, if you're not getting games like Scott Payne and you live in this country and you know what I mean, it's. It must be really, really tough. So good, good on for his, his attitude, because some players would have been. Nah, I'm away. I'm not taking this. Um, like some other clubs, players who've been getting absolute pelters from the fans. No, so.
1: You're right, but but see the thing that you're, you're saying there. I remember a great interview with Jurgen Klopp, and fair play to him. In this day and age, he is able to uh, shut out the noise. He says it doesn't exist in his life. Someone in a press conference asked him about the flack he was getting from Liverpool fans on social media. He said social media does not exist. It doesn't exist in my life, therefore it can't harm me. You know, I I don't feel the negative vibe from that because I don't do it. Uh, Obviously, in our game, we do it. Football is a massive thing, social media for footballers. There's a brand, there's sponsorship. There's an engagement, I think, which is more important than all of that other stuff, Mm. an engagement with fans that they can tap into, probably unlike any other uh, period of football because, yes, there was a time where um, if you got down early enough, you could maybe speak to Celtic players walking from Celtic Park to Barrafield, and um, sometimes they would nip in for a, a, a roll and sausage uh, on the way up <laughs> as well, Jerry. <laughs> and uh, that's kind of been lost, especially with Lennox Town being out the roads and all that kind of stuff. That side of things has been lost. They used to get sent to Celtic supporters' um, dances and, and you know annual events and stuff. That doesn't happen so much now. So I can see the benefits of social media in terms of the engagement. They've got to engage, and I love it sometimes where you see a, a top-profile footballer doing a, a straight-to-camera shout-out to somebody who's having a hard time. I've seen Paul Merson recently doing it for an Arsenal fan, and you think
0: that can be really, really powerful. So that's brilliant. So I, you know, Chris Sutton's the- brilliant for it. Yes, Chris Sutton. Anytime somebody's like, "Oh, watch this," he's gonna get bombarded now. Can you say "Happy Birthday, my daughter"? He does that because he knows what it means. That will make their whole week, month, year. Know. You know. Can I even? Also- can I
1: even throw another one in? Go for it. Oh,
0: Duncan Ferguson's quite good at it as well.
1: Sorry in advance. Big Sorry in advance.
0: Manager. Yeah, aye. he does aye, it, and this, he's done this. it quite a bit. Humans, mate. Humans. We always go back to this. Like it's the human factor, and that's what makes you buy into even more. Um, aye. But the thing is, uh,
1: well, uh, maybe a big dunk should do a straight-to-camera to Jock McStay apologising for uh, sticking ahead head in him. Uh, <laughs> double denim. Yeah. And I mean it, by the way, because I don't think Joe Joe McStay, for me, is the guy... He's a forgotten guy in that saga. Is he the fall-cup player that... He, he, was, he, he was playing no, with Wraith Rovers. Wraith, sorry. Raith. And he was um, a cousin, I think, of Paul and Willie and Raymond McStay. But he's the guy that gets forgotten about. Because at that time, he's a boy that's been assaulted, right? All the focus is on Duncan, Ferguson. They all want him to play for the national team. So, you know, he ends up going to jail and, and all that kind of stuff. You look at what it did to John McStay's career. Because I don't think he was supported. He wasn't no, supported as a, as a footballer. So, you know, if ever there's an apology for a big dunk, now's your
0: time, now that you're Wait, back I, in the country. I, I remember it. It was one of my first proper, proper memories as a kid when it happened. Because I was quite young. And I remember at school when we were playing, everyone was going to put the nut in each other for a laugh because they thought oh, they were. It's a done thing. The, 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 the dunk thing.
1: <laughs> well, this is it. I'm at a kid. sorry, a, a wee bit of self-disclosure, how I spend my Sunday mornings. I'm at a kid's party. Anybody with young kids knows that every weekend there's a party, some description. I've just started going to them randomly now. But there was a group <laughs> of play, footballers, six-year-old footballers, they're all pretending to be Haaland, Ronaldo. So you're right, they copy the superstars that they see on the telly. Mar-Bern was just running about with the ball in his hands. He's, you know, he's still <laughs> practising. Uh, he's got the skills of his old man. Double denim, afternoon ax on and fellow hoops. As weekends go, they don't come much better than that. Loving the resilience in our team and cheekily annoying the implosion. Right, should we have a wee chat about that implosion? Should I've we? not seen a meltdown like this since Ice Age, mate. I'm telling you. It's right. zing- Incredible? Unbelievable. Well, I say unbelievable. It's not. It's totally believable because um, there was a comment that I think uh, maybe JP Mason retweeted or commented on himself with regards to, and this follows Chris Sutton's comments about Gerard being a success in Scotland, you know, and he's talking to uh, one of his English counterparts down south and he says, was he? He won one trophy in nine, right? right. And then I think I'd need to verify the quote, but I think Chris Boyd spoke about the fact that they've won one trophy at one one league. It is sorry, um, and he questioned whether they would have won it if it wasn't behind closed doors, if you like. And I think that's key to what we're about to talk about. I'm not going to labour it. Mm-hmm. What I'm going to do is I'm going to tie it in to something I said at the beginning of the season. Celtic, you've got to look after your own backyard. Absolutely, 100. You've got to do that. You can't be looking at what other teams are doing and then try to match them and all that kind of stuff because you know that if you do your your thing right, and like Stephen Sloan said before, if you've got eight key, key players and you can buy new guys in, add a bit of flair in and around them, great. So we're fine as a football club, as a squad. We're strong, money in the bank and all that. But I said at the beginning of the season, you've got four teams, I think, who should be strong every season. I used to think Dundee United were the the fifth or, if you like, the sixth team, but they're at the league at the minute. So, Hearts, Hibs, Aberdeen and Rangers. So, they're they're four teams that, when you're looking at that fixture list, and this is probably habit as much as anything because the, the league table doesn't tell you this, but they're the four teams that I think they should, I'm not saying be challenging all four of them for the title but they should be challenging as football clubs they should be the top your top six should consist of Celtic Rangers Hibs Hearts and Aberdeen plus A and other what we've seen obviously is if a team's well run like St Johnston in recent times they'll do better St Mirren this season Motherwell this season you know in years gone by Livingston have done it but there, for me four big teams and I said at the beginning of the season that two or three of them would lose their manager. And I don't mean because a big club in the EPL are looking at their manager. They're going to sack their manager at some point in the season. Already, Hibs and Rangers have sacked their managers, Jerry, And there has been a real implosion. And I don't think it's going to get any better. Now, they've got their interim management team in place, whoever they interview is up to them. If they don't get their act together, are they even going to finish second this season?
0: See, this is is where we're on dodgy territory for screen grabs and stuff like that Um,
1: Let's enter the dodgy territory
0: Let's Let's do it I sent a message to someone and I'll I'll show you at the end of the season at the beginning of the season I kind of called this going by some friends who support the other team they were not they didn't have their heads in the sand they saw their new signings and just weren't keen I don't know what's happening I think I think you've called this right. I think there might be a struggle. When it comes to this weekend, I got the fright of my life there with that photo there. Somebody walked in. Um, what was I saying? Right, let me go back. I've totally distracted myself with that picture. I think it's... Who is it? Who is it? Sam, Sam Cook. Sam Cook. Sam Cook. Sam, Cooke. Yep. Sam right. Let me take this back here. What was I saying?
1: So you sent a text and you think that that text, text will be text a
0: Nostradamus-style text. I, I think so. I think so. Um... Come Saturday, come this weekend. We play first, eye, so we could go ten points clear. Mm. And now, I don't want to get ahead of myself because people, <laughs> delicious. People need to realise that this, this isn't over yet because we've been here before. Saint Mirren could still push us a lot further, you know. <laughs> what been you know doing. but I think they're going to split them. I think I don't, I, I don't, I don't think they're
1: going to get set. People will think it's foolish. People will, will be looking at us going, come on. But seriously, they're in free fall at the moment. All what right. might happen to St Mirren is that Gaffer might leave. I'm not saying he's going to Ibrox, but he's done so well there. He's done so well at Motherwell. You know what you get from Stephen Robinson. He's going to build a team that's very, very difficult to beat. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know you know, if he works without, you know, if he doesn't have the constraints of the financial element, if he works as well. I, I think there's a lot of managers who work better that way. You know, yeah. People like um, Martindale, who I don't rate as a manager, Personally, but I think he works well within the constraints of a team like Livingston, and, and he'll do okay there. And I think Robinson's like that with a team like St Mirren or Motherwell, um, and, and some of the other teams I mentioned—Hibs, Hearts, Aberdeen—they're underachieving football clubs. And yeah. I've spoken to fans of those football clubs in the, in the recent past, and they feel the same. They are, they underachieve season on season on season. You know, they they should be going into a season thinking we're going to have silverware. Why not? Why should a capital club not be looking to win silverware every season? Why should Aberdeen, um, you know, we, we, let's be honest, you know, no real, no real they're, they're a one club city. You know, there's no there's no buses leaving Aberdeen to come down to, I don't think, Glasgow to watch Celtic Rangers. They're supporting Aberdeen up there, are they not? I know that we've got open CSCs and all this kind of stuff way up in the north of Scotland, but... In terms of these, these clubs, these are underachieving. Um, but again, if they just keep their heads and they actually, you know, they don't bottle it and it comes into January and they strengthen again, we might be in a situation where they don't even come second. And that would be, mm-hmm. for me, tremendous, even though I'm concentrating on Celtic. Franny okay. Weldon, Shittleston boy up is. north. There he is. Another one bites the dust. There we go. Now that's the only queen you're going to see on this show. And Mark, <laughs> hail, hail! Says Mark. Um, yeah, you did, mate. And by the way, just to qualify that, I'm talking about the royal family. I'm not talking about any other type of queen. Obviously. Um, and Mantis Toboggan MD, last minute winner, and the ongoing circus—that's the word for it—in govern has put everybody in fine fettle. But looking at the big picture. You know, a wee note of caution. Jim, is this your uh, Burner account? Matt, is bogging indeed. <laughs> We've not played well at all this season. I fear a reality check on Wednesday. I've been saying Tuesday. I don't know why, but all week I've been saying the game on Tuesday. It's on Wednesday uh, that we play Lazio. Of course it is. Right. Um, right, do you agree with that one then, Jerry? Do you think yep. that we're getting, ca- <laughs> <laughs> we're getting carried away? <laughs> I
0: don't think we're getting I don't think we're getting carried away, but we need to be cautious we don't get complacent going into this because all the right signs are there. I was talking about this, jigsaw starting to fit. We're nearly at a full, full piece here. And I think, no, just as long as we don't go complacent, I don't think we're on to a hiding. This, I think this is going to be a good test for us again. There's the the centre-back situation but I'm not worried. I think if we're going to take points, it's going to be against Lazio. And I've said it already, I think we're going to win all our home games in the Champions League so. group stage. I really do. I spoiler. Come, sorry,
1: uh, that's spoiler alert. Yeah, a <laughs> going to be tough. Um, you know, I think all three games, but... Um, it will be I, tough
0: though, yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: But I, I'm going back to what I said about Brendan. Um, we're getting a, a manager who is coming back to the club and he's not a worse manager, that's for sure. There's a likelihood that he could be better than he was when he left us with the experience that he gained at Leicester for those four years or so. Um, and I think part of that is a pragmatism. So going back to that previous point, you can watch Celtic this season and for a moment put all the issues to one side with regards to injuries and say, oh, let's look at the performances. Are they playing well? It's maybe not as nice on the eye, Jerry. But there's a, there is really an approach, I think, from Brendan Rodgers. Kevin and I mentioned the Aberdeen game where he basically just killed the game for 25 minutes, then stepped it up and got the third goal because he brought on Yang. Yang, a wee bit of magic in the box, sets up O'Reilly. So I think we can do that now, whereas before it was just we're in fifth gear constantly. We're in fifth gear constantly. You've got to be entertaining. You've got to score as many goals as you can. If they score four, we'll score five. But Brendan doesn't have that mentality. And I think that there is a pragmatism to him whereby when we're going into these games, I thought he'd done brilliantly. I thought his game plan was brilliant against Feyenoord. And Liam Skills mentioned that. Right up until the second sending off, he thinks the game plan was working. And and I don't disagree with it. And I think we're going to go in on Wednesday night against Lazio and there's going to be a game plan. And even if after 65, 70 minutes, if it's nothing each and no much has happened, Jerry, I think Brennan will be standing on that sideline thinking, great, that's my game plan. Now we're going to go for it. We're going to go for a jugular here. Uh, By the way, how good was his celebration? Did you see it from the stand, running onto the pitch? I've not seen that. No. Oh, brilliant! I, I, oh, yeah, I think was... I, I think it's a fan camera. I think it is. And uh, we scored the winner, and obviously it's bedlam. It's bedlam uh-huh. at that side of the park. The fans are going absolutely wild, and and he loses it for a minute. He loses it, oh, and he runs yes, on it. He, he runs onto the pitch, and it's almost like he. checked. I'm thinking. You've got a fair distance to go there. You've got about 50 yards to get to the goal and, and start hugging Matt O'Reilly. Was he uh, trying to save all the wings that had run maybe, out of the park again? Maybe. <laughs> uh, it, it might have been assured <laughs> he was going for it, to be fair. And then he, he reminds himself, oh, wait a minute, I'm the uh, Celtic manager and this is getting beamed across the world. And then he, he kind of like goes back onto the uh, the right. touchline. It was I, great. I was laughing at Big O holding the
0: fan. I know. And then Who is that fan? 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 Who is it? it? Are you in he the gives comments? A wee kiss and then O goes like that. <laughs> <laughs> It was brilliant. Do you know what I loved about it though? Right, see, even watching back the highlights, right? I'm going, just get it forward, get stop passing it, stop passing it so slowly. As I'm watching the highlights, still thinking we're not going to get that second goal because of the patience. See the patience yep. to still have that calmness to be mm-hmm. passing it with Phillips and then going back to the keeper back again, and they weren't punting it up. Wow, man. I mean, it's not great for the heart at the time. Like I say, even watching the replay still, I'm going, what are you doing? But that was the calmness and that's what we haven't had. And I think the St. Johnson game where we couldn't score, you saw that that panic setting almost, but there just wasn't any of that there, which was absolutely fantastic. I need
1: to watch that Brendan Rodgers celebration. Oh, it's it's really good to watch. There's a moment where you're talking about patience. I think this is what I'm getting at. It's like, because we're not, Going gung-ho doesn't mean to say that it's not working. I think that's what I'm getting at. And Brendan Rodgers is is maybe standing on the sidelines thinking they're doing exactly what I've told them to do. Matt O'Reilly, after Motherwell scored, admitted after the game, the first thing he did is he asked the referee how long to go. And the ref tells him two two minutes. And this is the bit that I love. The mentality was, right, there's time to create a chance. right? Now, Mugabe clears the ball, and it's just a John Smith's avid, and he clears the ball it's Liam Scales that gets it so he's in he's in his own third of the the park at this moment so you're thinking to yourself it would really be easy to turn round and tow it back in the same direction that it came what does he do? he plays it to Bain so we're now in our own box right? Bain plays it to Phillips we start to create an attack Phillips plays it to McGregor McGregor's looking to bring in Palmer and this is where I I know (laughs) and and by the way the move breaks down again during Hmm. that that, yep. that passage you play, it breaks down again, but they don't panic. They, they just go, they click back into that game mode that they've been told, this is what you do. Mm-hmm. The next time it comes out wide, it falls to the feet of Greg Taylor. And I think that it, it is now time to give him massive praise and credit for what his performance. Yep. What a pass. Because I'm, I'm thinking, at that moment, Taylor has had a leg-breaking challenge, right? And I, I described it to Kev McCluskey because... When you see it in a super slow mo and his leg plants in the ground, that's when you think this isn't going to end well because um. if someone, you know, collides with your knee or your ankle or your your shin bone, it's, it's going to end up in a leg break, right? But he withstood that, hobbled away with that grimace on his face. He, he hobbled away, so he's feeling that pain, but he had the composure. It's what you're talking about—the patience. He's no rushing it. It's not a pointless hoof into the the box. It's a brilliant pinpoint cross. James A. Forrest takes a run towards he's the near post and it's like the, the, the sea opens and O'Reilly goes in there. But even at that point, composure. How many times have we seen that going flying over the bar? And he just cushions the ball and it sees probably his weaker foot, cushions the ball and absolute pandemonium ensues behind, behind the goal. Absolutely phenomenal goal. But it goes back reaction, to your point. His
0: reaction as well, it wasn't even a case of yeah, it was a case of <laughs> do you know what I mean? As if he always like knew he was going to do it. No. Yeah, there there was there really was
1: that kind of belief. And I remember when we were one-nothing up thinking that we'd run a race here. If Motherwell nick a goal, it's you know, it's curtains. We've we've lost a couple of points. Who knows what happens in the other fixtures after that? Uh, Matthew McGurk, gonna bring you in. Matthew, hope you're well. You are commenting on the YouTube. If you want to comment, get involved in the chat then subscribe to the channel. Uh, morning from North Carolina. That blows my mind that you're no, watching yeah. this in North Carolina. And Jungle Lion's got a, a cocktail and he's on a, a flume watching it in Ventura. Need your help. <laughs> Off to see you 2 first band ever seen live, 1993, in Vegas, Wednesday. Is there any Celtic supporters bars out in Vegas? Have to watch the Celtic
0: Champions League game can not help him, I'm jealous. Don't there's help him. shout, I know, eh? How, how That's like somebody watch. message you going, oh, what, what factor should I put on? I'm sat by the pool while you're at your work. I'm
1: not getting involved. Uh, you're doing a back shift <laughs> at Farm Foods, you're like, uh, cheers, <laughs> cheers, mate. Um, can you help? Can you help him out? Can you help All Matthew right. out? Let him know if there's any clubs that you would suggest you should go um, in Vegas, and I'm pretty sure there'll be a few suggestions if there Wait are a minute, Jim's here, Jim, or
0: Is there any good Celtic pubs in Vegas? Somebody's
1: asked, Jim's on played Vegas, you know. Jim's right. played Vegas. Um, no, not think so. Oh, dear. Uh, so Taylor, I, I think again, he's coming for a lot of stick, Jerry. Uh, mm-hmm. people are still saying, Yeah, he's still no European class. He's come out there and he's played a blinder, I think, at the weekend. And people again might be belittle the opponents this is Scottish football this is your bread and butter these are the games that can be won and lost If you could be the best footballer in the world you could be a really you know prodigious talent and not turn it on against Motherwell at Fir Park in a circumstance like that you've got to look at this core group of players who know how to get the win I thought Taylor Scales and Bain, all from the defensive uh, third of the park were outstanding at the weekend and uh, we move on to the Kenny Moore attacking players Matt O'Reilly I've said previously there's a ceiling to some players in the Celtic side that is very, very high. We've got a bid for 10 million quid. Did the club want to accept it? I'm not so sure, but Brennan Rodgers told him not to. He told him, I want to keep this guy. Um, we've already lost Starfelt and Jota and also uh, Moy. We can't lose another. We keep him. For me, ten is nowhere near the value that this player no. could attain, Jerry. I think I've said previously, hatati has got the highest ceiling. I'm going to have to throw O'Reilly into the mix as well. Uh, Both players are are undoubtedly, you know, supreme talents. And I'm looking forward, I think O'Reilly played well against Feyenoord. I'm looking forward to seeing the pair of them against Lazio on Wednesday.
0: Yeah. Yeah, it's exciting times. They're two great players, both tied down on great contracts. Tied down, I don't like that scene. Both committed to the club uh, with their contracts. So yeah, We've got the, we've got some good vibes off the last time we had Lazio, so um, let's hope we can continue with that again. I just I just love him being back with the Champions League, starting to pick up that bit of momentum. Who knows, we could be knocked down a peg or two, but that's what it's all about, football, isn't it? As long as we just keep doing what we're doing, we're getting, we seem to be getting better every game. I know that we, we're struggling to break Motherwell down, but so is a lot of teams. So is a lot of teams. that are a good outfit. They're well-drilled. So aye, I'm looking forward to Wednesday. They we will get to Palmer actually. Sorry.
1: Well, Kevin McCluskey made a really good point at the weekend and he said that um, the expected goals against Motherwell was 1.1. 1. 1. They've been defending so well this season right. that if you're scoring two goals you're almost doubling what you would expect to score. So his concern was at 1-1, we're not scoring another goal against uh, Motherwell because they're so good. It's shutting up shop. So again, uh, fair play to the likes of uh, Taylor for keeping his cool. O'Reilly for keeping his cool. Forrest for making that wee run to the front post. One of the big discussion points you've mentioned, Palmer, um, was who starts at right wing? At the weekend um, And by the way I don't think That that uh, Dilemma has been answered By the performance Against Motherwell So Let's say we've got Three genuine uh, Contenders for The right wing jersey You've got The guy who started At the weekend Yang You've got the man Who replaced them In Forest And you've got Palmer, Who obviously Replaced Maida, But he scored The, the, the opening goal um, Who do you play Against Lazio And why?
0: Right now, you know how I like looking at body language, mm. right? I think that the players think Palmer's the best they've got. Watch the reactions when he scores. There was three or four of them like actually pulling them towards him, looking them in the eye and going, see, look, you did it. Do you know that way? It wasn't just a case of well done wee man. It was, look at Alistair Jones when he's trying to catch him with a celebration then he ends up just going, oh, on you go, away and celebrate. Have you seen that? He just pushes him towards the crowd. Yeah. Um, but I'm a big thing on body language. But if you look at the players, they looked over the moon. See, go yes. Now you'll kick on from here. I think they want him in the team. Just going by the reactions, he was. He's the third best dribbler in the Champions League this season. You know Palmer. that, eh? Palmer. Oh, that, that's after one a game, brilliant stat. Yeah. after one game, he's the third best dribbler in the Champions League so um, whoever it might even been one of the Axum guys that posted that so if it was cheers for that start I've just stole it as mine <laughs> but yeah I mean I know it's only one game but still he was trying is, really Jerry, hard
1: you can't judge him in that one a, a thief nicks something but a genius steals it and makes it their own there you go Not sure who That's said right. that I've Quentin just, Tarantino I've, said that as well well I've just nicked it there you go Red <laughs> Scotland when Motherwell scored I knew we'd still win it I love the positivity I felt it in my water it just felt wrong for that uh, to end a draw and so it proved. Uh, we've also got, Conor. I, I tell you something, Corvo, your team's doing all right, eh? Newcastle United? Uh, uh, aye. Aye. Uh, Taylor played a butte, pass to O'Reilly, perfect height and right amount of power and it landed on O'Reilly's feet Wonderful. I'm going to tell you a wee story. If you've never heard me talking about this one, Corvo, I used to. Um, I don't have a second team. I'm like the, the Celtic player who would be interviewed in 1983 by the Shoot magazine. Who's your favourite Celtic team? Uh, your your second Celtic yeah, favourite team? Celtic reserves. That was it. You know. So every, every you know Peter Grant, Celtic reserves, Paul McStay, Celtic reserves. <laughs> Tommy Burns, who would you most like to meet? The Pope. That was the two things you always knew Celtic players were going to say. <laughs> I'm the same, right? I'm not really interested in any other team. Um, I like the politics, obviously, of St. Paulie, uh, But I used to go and watch Newcastle because my circumstances were. I was up and down to Newcastle. A lot I used to go and watch them. And I was at a game. I was at a game, right? And my mate, who I was with, he was a Newcastle. Maybe still is. a Newcastle fan. And um, the fans were not happy this day. They were playing Arsenal, right? And the half team score red, Newcastle United nil, Arsenal four. And my mate was like, Right, I'm, I'm walking out, protest, I'm walking out. <sighs> I'm thinking, We bought our tickets, let's watch the guy. Ga- I'm, a, I'm a neutral, let's watch right. the game. No, no, no. So he storms out in the half. Hope you're watching. Boatsy. and then I, I followed him I followed him at the stage oh, protest all the rest of it and we went over to the pub Corville let us know if if you can fact check this know that we were there but all the wee moments we went over to the Boozer which is quite in my mind it's quite nearby called the Strawberry I think it's called the Strawberry right <laughs> I might be wrong and we went over there and we're watching as Newcastle pull a goal back You, know, all the, the, the scores are coming up on the screens and then they pull a second goal back no way, man! I, honestly, in the strawberry, there's loads of Newcastle pictures all over the walls, and, that, and I'm like, "All right, four three, that was the four each game. That was the big massive oh, comeback. No. Honestly, the four each game. I, I'm pretty sure Joey Barton was playing for Newcastle. Um, oh, Don the four Liverpool Newcastle. I remember it was Stan Collymore not playing in that game. That was another game. That was that was the previous four four. This oh, was right, our, The Arsenal Newcastle. One. Right, aye. Right, right. Aye. Aye. and and that was all the chat. This is the best game in the Premiership since. That game you've just mentioned, Liverpool Newcastle. And uh, Jack Walsher was playing for Arsenal and he was outstanding. Anyway, I'm digressing.
0: Sorry, just uh, welcome to the show, uh, Corvo. You're welcome. Can I give you this one, right? This is for the comments. I don't know if anyone knows this one, just because of the Newcastle. I'll give you a quick teaser, see if anyone gets it. There's one icon, one icon, right, that has scored scored an overhead kick for Newcastle in an FA Cup final. And saved a penalty for Man United in an FA Cup final. Which icon was it? Answers on the scoreboard, please, on the board. Please
1: do, because I've not got a clue.
0: Um do you know that one, Absolutely don't
1: have a clue Jim's having that might right? be. Hi, Jim might know. We never stop, says Mark Weston, and you would be absolutely right. Jungle Lion thinks that it's better winning with a last-minute winner than winning 5 nothing, I get it. The, the outpouring of emotion was incredible. Pete McGee, Aberdeen and Dundee United are the biggest underachievers when you consider their history, even in Europe. At, you know what? Every time a club seems to be doing all right, they'll not strengthen when they should, they'll lose their manager, they'll show a lack of ambition, and then they'll retreat back to mediocrity. And that's what we see in Scottish football all the time. And then you've got guys like uh, Davidson at St. Johnston punching way above his weight, winning a double at St. Johnson. Um, You've got Motherwell and St. in this season. They are, they are punching above their weights, but these teams that were mentioned... They are under perennial underachievers in Scottish football. JGI uh, James's experience to make that run to drag the defender away. Free O'Reilly left O'Reilly all that empty space for the winning strike. Yes, you've got to give him credit. Will Brendan play him on Wednesday night? I can see he's thinking if he does, you know, Hi. if that team comes out and it says Forest, he's got the experience. You've got Palmo on the bench as a weapon to bring on. Um, you've, you've got a situation where you could swap. Both wingers, you could bring Palmo on the left, Yang on the right. I can see why you would do it. Brendan's the guy that used to say that the team that ends the game is as important as the one that starts. Now, yes, there's been a meltdown over at Ibrox. They've sacked their manager. They've got a team that isn't playing that well. Um, They've signed a lot of players that don't look that great. And their fans are revolting. You know what I mean? There, There, there oh, is a aye. revolt. No. There is a revolt. Yes. Sorry, don't clip that. There's a <laughs> revolt. Um, and there's empty seats and there's booing and all that kind of stuff. But Celtic, on the other hand, are looking forward to a Champions League encounter against Lazio on Wednesday night. Now, Jerry, I want to get your thoughts on the game. How do you see that one going?
0: I think we're going to be cautious the first first half to 60 minutes. I think we're going to see a different type. I think we see the two banks that we saw against Feyenoord. We were just keeping them... What's the word I'm looking for? We're basically keeping him out of the box for the first 60 minutes. I don't know, I'm guessing here, but I think that he's going to be a bit more reserved compared to what he's been in Europe in the past with us, by basically just going out and trying to hammer these teams. So I'm I'm quietly confident at home. Do you know what? It's about time. I remember Neil Lennon saying bring back the thunder? I don't think we've had the thunder in the European nights for a while. I'll probably get pelters for this too, but... We're getting beat far too much at home in the past recently. Celtic Park used to be a place where everyone was scared to come to because they couldn't pick up points in Europe. And it seems to have gone the opposite way. And we need to get that back. And that starts this week.
1: Right. My prediction is 2-0 Celtic. Oh, yeah, you want oh. my prediction now? 2-0 okay, two Celtic. 2-1 one, two, two, one Celtic, I'm going 2-1 Celtic. 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 Yes. Let's do it. Brian um, again, you remember Celtic v Newcastle opened a new Celtic Park in 1995. I remember it well. So do I. Uh, wasn't that John Hughes debut? debut uh, his debut for Celtic and <clears throat> he might not have played actually um, he might have went and picked up Rod Stewart from the airport one or the other David Genoa <laughs> played for Newcastle I do remember that because he was meant to be signing for us I don't mention that very often 100%. I'm not still hurting all these years later right I've got to thank everybody, 1200 strong on a Monday afternoon for joining us in the chat. That is a delicious amount of people to be <laughs> checking out on the show. Sorry, Kevin McCluskey described
0: uh, a pass as delicious. Kevin and, delicious uh, McCluskey from now yeah, on. That's, unique yeah, big delicious. I've, I've
1: got to remind them, got to remind them. It's been an absolute pleasure um, to, to join you guys and also Jerry Taylor over in the last hour. And I'm awake to have a wee catch up with Jerry and also Jim Moore. Please join us again at 1230 tomorrow. And check out Jerry's Axrom challenge. Should we do more of them? Who would you like to see doing the challenge? Would it be an Axrom contributor? Would it be an ex player? Let us know and we'll get it done. Because to be fair, I think you know the, the hardest shot could have been harder, the bar could have been hit more often. It's a level. Hey, we're
0: finding a feet, but I'd like to put in a 50 pound bid for this chart, mate. Oh, fantastic. Well I was wearing it to kind of showcase it, but I'm absolutely <laughs> loving it. So I'll put I'll put a bit of 50 quid in if anyone wants to try and beat superb. Me. Superb offer. And we'll run that this week, actually.
1: Uh we're going to be getting them signed and framed, but you know, Jerry might want to wear that one. Um, and it's for we Jamie Tierney. Uh the link for Jamie's fundraiser is underneath this particular video. Thank you everybody for joining us, and thank you, Jerry Taylor, for joining me on a Celtic State of Mind. <laughs> Network.